So I want to welcome you to Life Lessons from Stranger Things, season number two. Uh, just uh, by way of recap, we understood something that Jesus thinks it's important. You should not only look alive, but you need to be alive. And Jesus said, you cannot be like the tree or like the temple. Uh, you truly need to not only look alive, but you need to produce fruit. You see, what Jesus was trying to do last week is to help you and I that unless we have a connection to Jesus, we have no life. So I want to welcome you to episode number three, Life Lessons from Stranger Things. And we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 31 as our text of concentration this morning. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking about the Proverbs 31 woman. Slow down. I'm not going there today. But I want to look at the verses before this ideal woman that is presented in Proverbs 31. So Proverbs chapter 31 and verse number one, uh, we have the word and it's a message that a son writes when he received it from his mother. Uh, the message begins like this. The words of King Lemuel. Lemuel means dedicated to God. The utterance which his mother taught him. What? What, my son? And what, son of my womb? And what, son of my vows? What should I tell you? The mother is wondering. Verse number three, do not give your strength to women. Know your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, or let me well, it is not for kings to drink wine. No princes intoxicating drink. Lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Now, it's going to get strange right here. Watch this right here. <laughs> Give strong drink to him who is perishing. And wine to those who are bitter of heart. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let him drink and forget his poverty. And remember his misery no more. Hmm, that, that's strange right there. Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor. Just for sermonic emphasis and to give us a little strangeness and just chill, chills down our spine, give strong drink. In other words, give them beer. Give them beer who are perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. <laughs> and let him drink beer and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. I want to talk about give them beer. Give them beer. Somebody's excited today. Let us pray. Oh God. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen.
while surfing the net, I, I came across an article entitled, Top 10 Weird Drinking Expressions. So I was interested to understand what these weird drinking expressions are about. So the first strange drinking expression that people will say on the wagon. Now this expression pictures people who are drunk that are being loaded in a wagon and they're being taken to rehab because they drink too much. The second strange expression that people use when they talk about drinking is as pissed as a newt. You see, a newt is an amphibian or a little lizard kind of creature, and when it moves, it wobbles. And so, as pissed as a newt uh, fits drinking because when people drink, they also wobble. You know what I'm saying? Third strange drinking expression I came across is hijinks. Now, hijinks is a Scottish game that people will play when they're drinking. So when the dice is rolled, a person is chosen and they must act as in some way. And if they fail to act in, some, in a particular way and they, the people think they're not good at it, then they are made to drink alcohol and typically a lot of people usually get drunk. And so as I was thinking about these weird, strange drinking expressions, I stumbled upon our text today, which is also weird in its own right, because it is saying you need to give them beer. Like, 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 give them beer. The ones who are dying, the ones who are perishing, give them beer. Give them strong drink, especially the one who is uh, perishing, the one who is bitterly distressed, the one who doesn't know what to do, the one whom life has just thrown difficulties at them. Give them a drink. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. When I gave the title of this week's sermon to our media team, I immediately got a question, so pastor, what is it? Can we drink or what? Now, now you see, when people read this text, this is the conclusion that they come to. They think that the Bible is recommend, recommending moderation without intoxication. That is, you can drink as long as you don't get drunk. It's all right to let it in a little bit. In fact, if you look at this text, it is saying there are certain situations that allow for people to, to drink. If people are distressed, if people are stressed, if people are under difficulties, and you know how life can get sometimes. It can get difficult. It can get challenging. And so alcohol and, and drinking can let people forget their particular issues. And as I was looking at the text, I even came across biblical commentators who would say, in their writings, they said, when you look at this text, when it is structured, it is actually saying that drinking ain't bad. When you look at how it's arranged, and even the way the verbs are used, it is saying, don't make it a habit. Once in a while, it's cool. <laughs> Just don't let it be 
the thing that you do all the time. But I, I, I was asking myself, I said, wait, let's consider for a moment. Let's look at the situation in which this text is presented. And I hope that you and I can come to an agreement on, on the situation and, and what will be our conclusion on this strange text. Is it telling us, hey, put it in? Is it telling us, give it, give them beer? Is it telling us that? Uh, so a mother calls her son. It is the son that she loves. She is seated in the kitchen. Her son is in the room. And she says, let me work. Come, my son. I want to talk to you. And so Lemuel comes and he sits with his mother in the kitchen. You see, the mother knows that the son is about to make a transition in his life. He is going to rule as king of the entire nation. He's going to be the most powerful man in the nation. He's going to be powerful more than anybody else in the nation. And she feels it her duty to tell him something that will impact his life. You see, it's a beautiful thing. When a mother or a father or a parent will take a child and sit them down and have that heart-to-heart -heart conversation. And I know that this conversation was life-changing because Lemuel took the words that his mother spoke into him and he composed them and they became scripture and we are talking about them this morning. The text says the utterance of Lemuel, which his mother taught him. It tells me that Lemuel listened to what his mother said. It tells me that Lemuel understood the value of what his mother was trying to communicate to him. Allow me to impress and just inspire a parent. Keep talking to your son. Keep talking to your daughter. Keep talking. To that young person. Because at some point it is going to stick. And one day they're going to write about it. One day they're going to talk about it. And so do not get frustrated that it is not going in. Keep on talking. Be vigilant. Keep on advising. Keep on counseling. Keep on telling him what he should be thinking about. Keep on telling her what she should be thinking about. Don't give up. And to us youngins who are still wet behind our ears, who have not yet lived life yet, Putra, <laughs> keep on listening. Because those who have gone before you, they, they, they know better. They have seen it. And you and I need to, to listen to them. But Lemuel's mother is wondering, what should I tell my son? And she says, what, my son? And what son of my womb? And what son of my vows? What can I tell my son? that will impact him in a way that will change his life for good. In his new book, Don't Drop the Mic, T.D. Jakes says that when we deliver a message, there is a paradox and a duality. On one end, the message you deliver can inform, it can inspire, and it can impress. But on the flip side, the same message can spur misunderstanding, it can cause confusion, and it can diminish confidence. So Lemuel's mother knows that she has an important opportunity, 
And she wants to make sure that she informs her son. She makes sure that she impresses her son. And she wants to make sure that she inspires her son. And she must dig into her library of experience and choose a message that will impact her son and change him. So she settles on three statements to tell her son. Uh, Brother Sam, this is the first thing that she tells her son. Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. That's the first message she tells him. So it's happy that the second thing that she tells him, she says, it is not for kings or Lemuel. Ooh. Lemuel, it is not for kings. She repeats it twice. To drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink. Brother Vic, she tells him the third thing. This is what she tells him. Open your mouth and judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. You see, Lemuel's mother is concerned that Lemuel should never forget who he is. <clears throat> he should never forget what he is. He should never forget where he is. He is a king. He has the duties to lead the nation. And he used to make sure that what he does does not derail his mission. He needs to understand the seriousness of the calling that has been placed on his life. He needs to know that he is not a regular Joe. <laughs> he needs to know that he's not to be ordinary. God has called him to be extraordinary. He needs to know that when I get up from the bed, I'm not just any regular human being. He needs to know when I go out, I'm not just a regular human being. He needs to know when I shop, I'm not a regular human being. He needs to know when I invest, I'm not a regular human being. I'm a kid. I'm a king. So she wants him to understand the seriousness of the moment. On June 25th, 2017, I landed at Lilongwe International Airport in my homeland. I deplaned wearing a t-shirt, wearing chinos, and wearing vans, and I had, I had a goatee. It was a little long. And I had a bounce in my step. I cleared immigration. And then I came to customs. And so the customs agent said, please open your bags. And then asked me a question. Sir, where are you coming from? I said, well, I'm a recent student. I'm a recent graduate from the Philippines. And I have come back home. He says, oh, that's nice. What did you study? I said, well, I took theology. And then... He said something that is strange, but you don't look like a pastor. <laughs> I said, excuse me? He says, yeah, you don't look like a pastor because a pastor doesn't dress like you. A pastor is supposed to be in a suit and a tie, and he's supposed to carry himself in a certain demeanor. Uh, you see, Lemuel's mother wanted to, to help her son to avoid my fate at the airport that day. She wanted him to understand that when people look at you, the judgment that they should make on your life is that, oh, this is a king. She wanted him to avoid the common misrepresentation that many Christians have that people cannot tell who they are. 
Sometimes people wonder, are you a Christian or what? She wanted him to know that when you're living your life, People should know that you are a royal, that you are a king. And I'm here to tell you this morning that you and I are also royals. Amen, somebody. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you don't, you, you, you don't get me. I'm here to impress your mind that just like Lemuel, you have been called like a king. You have been called to live your life like a royal. Perhaps you would believe Peter more than me because Peter says, you are, hmm, you are, yes you, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Hallelujah, somebody. Now, now I know that what I'm telling you may not make you feel like a royal because we connect royalty to prosperity. We connect royalty to a good life. We connect royalty to having a mansion, to having servants, to be driven in the best of things. We drool over royalty in business, a.k.a. Warren Buffett. We drool over royalty in technology, a.k.a. Bill Gates. We drool over royalty in online shopping, Jeff Bezos. It is hard to feel like you're royal when the bills are high. It is hard to feel like you're royal when you don't get the desired job. It is hard to feel like a royal when your health is not wealth or is not a strength. It is hard to feel like a royal when nobody is not liking what you're posting. It is hard to feel not to feel like a royal when things are not working out. But just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it ain't real. Your kids may not treat you like a parent, but it doesn't mean that you're not a parent. You feel me? <clears throat> Your kids may not respect you. They might not want to listen to you, but it does not mean that you're not a parent. People may not look at you like a doctor and come to you for consultation on medical cases, but it doesn't mean that you're not a doctor. Your circumstances, listen to me carefully, do not get to dictate or to delete your royalty. Your status determines your royalty. Is somebody hearing me this morning? It's not what is happening around you that determines who you is or who you are. It's your status that determines who you are. And Jesus preached about this in his very first sermon. He says to that group that was gathered at the foot of the mountain, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah, somebody. That, that, that is what Jesus is trying to help you and me to understand. And he says, if you don't get that, let me help you to get this. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And Paul put it beautifully. Mm. Paul put it beautifully. He said it like this. The spirit bears witness that we, hmm. Brother Sam, listen to me right here. The spirit bears witness. This, the spirit is a witness that you and I, we are children of God. 
That is when the Trinity gets together and they have a conversation about you. <laughs> yes, you and me. <laughs> the Spirit says, Jesus, Father, uh, Father God, Henry is our son. Henry is your child. He bears testimony. Yeah, I know, I know, I know he doesn't feel like it, but he is. And notice what the Spirit says. And Paul says it beautifully. And if we are children, then heirs. That's royalty right there. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That is your status this morning. That is who you are this morning. You are royalty. You are a, a king in waiting. You are a queen in waiting. I don't know what they have told you. I don't know what people have lied on you about. I don't know how you feel about you, but today I'm here to dispel the myth and tell you you are a royalty. You are a queen, a king, a prince, a princess, because you are a child of God. And let me put it to you like this. Never judge your royalty based on what you have or what you do or where you are. Judge it based upon your status as a child of God. When you wake up tomorrow morning, stop evaluating yourself because of the numbers, the financial numbers. I know, I know you're an accountant and you work with numbers. Stop evaluating your status by your numbers. Wake up from your bed and say, I'm a child of the king. <laughs> you feel me? When you feel ache in your body, wake up tomorrow morning knowing that you are royalty. And that your pain does not define who you are. You haven't gotten that I love you. <laughs> Don't let that destroy your day. <laughs> Get up from the bed and say, you know what? I'm a king. <laughs> I'm a queen. I don't care what she does. I don't care what he does. I don't care what they say. I am a king and I'm going to live like it. Mm -hmm. You ain't got a job. It don't matter. <laughs> Kings can be jobless too. Queens can be jobless too. That, that don't matter. So you live your life beginning today recognizing what you are, recognizing who you are, and recognizing where you are going. Because the last time that I checked, the Bible says that mansions are being created for us. And when Jesus is going to come, he's going to put us where we are supposed to be. You need to appreciate and embrace your status. Now, now, I need you to know three things that royals keep in mind. Huh? You see, royals watch influencers. Lemuel's mother wanted to drive this point home to her son. She says, do not give your strength to women. Nor your ways to that which destroys kings. She's telling Lemuel, I need you to be careful that you do not allow the wrong kind of people in your life. You see, you need to be careful that you don't allow the wrong kind of influences to enter your life because they are going to destroy you. It may not feel like it right now. You may feel like you got it under control. But I need you to, to be mature enough that you don't chase women. You settle down with one. <laughs> don't give your strength to women. That's plural. <laughs> but she says in, in another way, but you can give your strength to a woman. Hallelujah, somebody. 
Don't give your strength to women. Give your strength to a woman. Putra, I hope you're going to take this one day, my brother. That you don't think about the girls, but you think about the girl. And she's letting him know, my son, if you allow these women to hang around you, if you let the groupies keep on clinging to you, you ain't going to make it. You ain't going to go far. So make sure that the people you allow in your life, the things that influence your eyes, the thing that influence your ears, the thing that influence the words that come out of your mouth are, are the kind, the right kind of influences. Because two things happen. Influences either make you an imitator or an implementer. You see, there are people that come in your life. And what they want to do is to make you just like them, a carbon copy just like they are. They will want you to dress like them. They will want you to talk like them. They will want you to, uh, to, to invest like them. They will want you to do this like them. They will keep and they will tell you exactly what you should say. When you have an argument to deal with, they'll be the one saying, you know, the first thing you need to say is this. The second thing you need to say is this. You need to do it like this, like that. They will direct your life. Those are what I call influences that calls you to be an imitator. But then there are those who influence your life and they make you an implementer. That is, they allow you to pick and choose what will be the, the things that you take from them. They will let you listen and, and hear their story to help you to figure out how their story can help your story. They will be the kind of people that will not tell you what to do, but they will discuss with you and make a, a, a plan with you. They will direct you. They will guide you. They'll be the kind of people who will tell you that I am weak in this kind of area, that I'm not as strong in this kind of area. They will tell you their mistakes. They will tell you their thoughts and their foibles. They'll be the kind of people who do not want to diminish you, but they want to enhance you. You see, when people influence you correctly, they will make you what you're supposed to be. You will not lose who you are. In fact, you'll be better because they've been in your life. Listen to this. The best influencers will make you an implementer, not an imitator. You will be enhanced without being diminished. So ask yourself, Royal, are you being enhanced or are you being diminished? Are you a better person today than you were yesterday? Are you a better person today than you were last year? Are you a better runner than you were last year? Are you a better student of the word than you were last year? Are you growing in your faith because of those who are around you? Are they enhancing you or diminishing you? What influence are they having on your life? Are you who you are called to be? Can you still recognize yourself when you look in the mirror? And say, yeah, I'm the child of God that I've been called. I'm still, I'm still the same me. I'm still who I'm supposed to be. I am still growing. My, my, my education is making me grow. My career is making me grow. I am, I am elevating myself. I am a much, much better person because of what they have done and how they have influenced me. They taught me how to plan. They taught me how to eat. They taught me how to decide. They, they, they changed my life. So royals watch influencers, whether you like it or not. Your life is going to be determined by those who you keep around you, whether you like it or not. 
whether you like it or not, that your life is going to be determined by what you're watching, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, your life is going to be determined by what is entering your mind. You are not as strong as you think you are. Therefore, it is important to make the right choices of the influences that are around you. Are you watching influencers in your life? So the second thing that royals do is that royals watch sobriety. You see, Lemuel's mother, she goes to task on this because she really wanted her son to understand what is, what's important. She says to her son, it is not for kings. <clears throat> it is not for kings or Lemuel. Now, now right there, what you need to understand is that when somebody says or Lemuel or Abraham, Oh, Moses, they are pleading with him. They're, they're, they're basically saying, I, I really need you to get this. Like, like this right here, you need to get it. Like, don't miss this. It is not for kings, or let me well. Like, like th the status of a king and who they are, whom God has called them to be, does not match for them to drink wine, nor princess intoxicated drink. That's not on your level. It's beneath you. <clears throat> Because it will make you forget the law and pervert justice of all the afflicted. You see, I love it when somebody tells you something and they give you the reason behind it. So she's telling him, look, I'm saying this because this is going to impact you like this. I'm not just saying this because I don't think it's fun. <laughs> I'm not saying this because I want to uh, poop your party. I'm not saying this because I want to be a killjoy. I'm saying this because if you are to be all you are to be, you need to make sure that you never, you never go below this standard. Never, ever, ever, ever go down this standard. This is not for you, Lemuel, because you are a king. You've been called to administer the law. People will need to come to you, and you have to decide cases for them. And if you're, you are not in your right mind, you are not able to administer justice. If you are not sober or serious or solemn, there is no way that you can administer justice. It is not for kings to be intoxicated or sedated. It is for kings to be sober. Now, now you see, Lemuel's mother does something that is interesting, and it comes to our text for today. I didn't forget the issue, the strange issue. I'm coming now. I'm, I'm coming right here. This is where we are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So she has said to him that this is the level you're supposed to maintain. So what she does is she becomes hyperbolic. When we say hyperbolic, we are saying she becomes excessive. Uh, you know, you are hyperbolic when you say it's raining cats and dogs. It's not literally raining cats and dogs, but you're simply being excessive and hyperbolic to drive a point home to be excessive in order so that your point could be heard. So she says, you know what, son, I need you to get what I'm saying to the point that, it, that, 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 you, you, that, that I need you to understand that rather than you going down to this level, you would rather give the alcohol to others than for you to take it. You would rather give them beer and then take beer for yourself. You rather them touch it than for you to touch it. She wanted her son to understand the seriousness of this situation. That if you are not careful, it can kill you. And she, she honestly right here, I want you to understand her. She actually says something that is legit. 
She says something that is legit because today we have anesthesia. Uh, when you go to the doctors or to the dentist and they want to do a root canal on you because I've had those done to me so many times, trying to protect my teeth, you feel me? When you go to, to a dentist and they, you want them to do a root canal on you, they will anesthetize you so you don't feel the pain. But in the time of Lemuel, there was, there was no anesthesia. So the anesthesia that people used was alcohol and wine and strong drink. So she's actually making a legit point that look, if somebody is sick, somebody is in a, in a position where they're about to die, yeah, you can give them wine because it can ease their pain. Just like at a hospice where somebody may be dying of cancer or they are old, we, we, doctors will do things to make them comfortable so that the pain is not so much so they can put them on morphine and all these other stuff. So you know, back in the day, alcohol was their morphine. It was their anesthesia. <laughs> but she's saying to Lemuel, you can never do that for yourself. You can give them beer, but you can never do it. And she wants Lemuel to understand that a small step can bring you down in the wrong path. And sometimes it is one credit card transaction that puts a person in the quicksand of debt. Sometimes it is one slap in the house that makes abuse present and it becomes a thing. Sometimes it is a, 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 a new, one nude video that will change somebody to pornography. You feel what I'm saying? So he's just saying, uh, let me well, please, 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 you got to be so sober that you never put yourself in a situation that you ever get caught in anything. You got to keep your mind clear. You got to be careful that you never go down the wrong step. You never, you never make it happen. You never do that. So rather than you doing it, you better give them beer than you getting in it. And somebody here needs to understand that you don't have that power to avoid it once you start. You need to understand that you don't have that power to say no once you get in it. You need to understand that you are not as strong as you think you are. In fact, when you think you are strong, that is when you are weak. And therefore, let's rise up and understand that the life of a royal calls us to be sober, to be solemn, and to be, to be serious, to know what God has called us to. You see, in fact, it's legit. Jesus was on the cross in pain, suffering. The text says they gave him sour wine. That's legit. Mingled with gold to drink, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. You see, Jesus didn't want to minimize the pain. Jesus didn't want to minimize the pain. He wanted to feel it. He wanted to feel it just like you are feeling it. He wanted to face it just like you and me face it. And so he says, I will not. Yes, it's legit for me to take this. It's legit I'm in pain, but I will not take it because I want to feel it. And so rather than Jesus drinking that wine, he says, I'm going to fill every sin 
I'm going to feel every shame. I'm going to feel it all so that they understand that I am just like them. That I have been tempted in all points yet without sin. So that they understand when they're heartbroken, I know what it means. When they are in debt, I know what it means. When they're being rejected, I know what it means. When they don't know how they're going to make it, I know what it means. When they feel abandoned, I know what it means. When they feel like they can't get over, I know what it means. I've been in pain. I've gone through it and I want him to understand that as a royal you have to learn to be able to face it you have to learn to say you know what it is painful but I'm not going to sedate myself I'm not going to intoxicate myself I will take it to the chin I will feel the pain I'll take it to the chin I was talking to my friend the other day and we we're talking about running and he told me he says you know what Henry when I run usually I will run to a movie theater I said why do you do that, bro? Like, why do you run to a movie theater? Says, I, yeah, I do that. And I'm like, bro, but you're sweaty, right? Like, like you're sweating, and, and, and how are you going to go sit to somebody's daughter or somebody's son while you're sweating and fuming, you know, body odor? You know what I mean? Like, why are you, you going to do that? <laughs> she says, he says to me, and then I said, I said, but wait, when you go in and there's AC inside, doesn't that, like, affect you? Like, don't you, don't you feel cold? And he says, uh, well, I like to challenge myself. I like to challenge myself. I want to face what's hard and I run from it. So I want to see the limit of my body. I want to see how far I can take it. Listen to me. Being a royal means to be sober enough that you don't run away from it, but you face it. You see, when you face what's hard, it hardens your strength of character necessary to live well. When it's difficult, that is when you need to say, praise the Lord. When you don't know where the money is going to come from, yes, Jesus, I'm going to continue praying. When you're sick, that is when you need to pray even harder. Because when you face it, that is what develops your strength of character. Because as a royal, you have been called to such a higher standard. And if you lower the standard, you will, you will mess yourself up. Because you have a life that requires you to be responsible for certain things. To be responsible for certain people. And that requires us sometimes to face what is hard. I saw a very sad picture of a royal. This is the king of Thailand. You know what he does when he leaves Thailand? He goes to Europe and that's what he does. That's a royal. That's a royal. You look at him in Thailand, man, respected. But when he goes to Europe, that's what he does. It tells me that sometimes it is a lot easier to do what's easy than what's hard. <laughs> uh, Putra, you know what I'm saying? It is a lot harder to read than to scroll on IG. Mm -hmm. You know it's a lot harder to go out for exercise in the morning than to turn over on the other side of the bed. You feel me? Naturally, we like to do what's easy and putting off what's hard. But as a royal, you're being called to do what's hard. You're being called to go down in the trenches. And I want you to see Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I love Jesus. You see, Jesus was a royal. He was a king of the universe. But he says, you know what? I look at earth. I see sinners. I see devils. I see demons. But you know what? I'm going down. Yes, it's hard. 
It's difficult. People are arguing. People don't know how they're going to solve it. I'm going. I'm getting in it. I'm diving in because I'm a royal. Because I need you to know something here. You see, Jesus knew that he's at an elevated position. He has something to offer those who are below him. Therefore, he will not stay perched up on his throne. He will get down and go down and be with the people. Wear humanity. Walk the streets of earth. Be hungry. Be spat upon. Because he knew they know better. They don't know better. Because he knew that unless I'm here, I cannot help them. You see, my brother and my sister, look at yourself as a royal. There are people around you who don't know Jesus. You are the only person who can help them to know Jesus. There are people around you who don't know how to plan, but you have an education. You went to the best schools. Go down and be with them. You know that there are people who don't know how to care for their bodies, and you have an education. Go down and be with them. Being a royal means, I know my responsibility, but I'm here to serve my people. I'm here to benefit them. I'm here to take care of them. And the only way you can do that is when you are sober. You are clear-headed. But too many times, some of us, we intoxicate ourselves with our careers. We work so hard. We leave early. We come late. We talk about numbers. We talk about the strategic plan. Ask, hey, when was the last time you prayed? Oh, I forgot. We can be intoxicated by, by money. Praise the Lord for money. And money is not evil. For the love of money is a root of all evil. For the love of money is a root of all evil. Sometimes we're so intoxicated with our investments, our stocks. Got no time to think about Jesus. Got no time to, to think about that person on the street who doesn't know any better. See, anything that, focus, that takes your attention away that you have no time to remember who you are and your status in God, that's beer. And, uh, and, 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 and Lemuel's mother says, you'd rather give them beer. You'd rather let them uh, get the extra hours. You'd rather not do that investment if it is going to intoxicate you. You'd rather not get involved if it is going to intoxicate you. You'd rather not be in it if it is going to throw you off because you are a royal and you have a high position to maintain. You have a duty to fulfill. So royals not only watch influencers, royals do not only watch sobriety, but royals do one last thing, and that is they watch duty. Akim, a fictional story, Akim leaves his homeland of Zamunda and goes to New York. He gets to New York and he notices a young lady, but this young lady, she is beautiful. But she's dating a douchebag. He has a lot of money. His pockets are deep. But he treats her like crap. And so Akim realizes and notices the girl's plight. He says, I want to rescue her. But I want to rescue her by, by capturing her heart. So what, she, what he does is he pretends not to be a royal. He becomes 
a, a worker in her father's restaurant. He mops floors. He, he cooks fries. He flips burgers. Eventually, uh, Lisa notices him. They go on a date, and now Akeem says, you know what, I am ready to settle down and make my life with this woman. But at the same time, his father comes hunting for him and comes to New York looking for Akeem. Akeem knows he can't stay in New York. He must go back to his homeland of Zamunda and be a king that he was called to be because that is what it means to be a royal, to live your life for duty, to live your life for something that is higher and greater than you, to live your life for somebody who is bigger and greater than you. Allow me to tell you that, yes, while we've been called like royals, but God has called us to sing the praises of him who has called us into darkness, into his marvelous light. You and I have a duty to let somebody else know about Jesus Christ. You and I have a duty to let somebody else know of what God has done in our life. We have no time to be so focused on the things of earth, to be focused on the things of this world, that we don't connect to our ultimate calling as a royal. We've been called to let people know what has been done. And I love this, uh, how I put it. It's like this. As a royal dedicated to God, a duty rests on you to proclaim the praises of God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's your duty. That is your calling. And I don't know what is, 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 is keeping you focused right now. But if it is not the duty before you as a royal of God to let people know, then you need to switch up your priorities. You need to change it up. You need to switch it up. And as I'm bringing this thing to a close, I need you to understand that God is simply telling you and I, you need to live your life according to the status that I've called you. You need to live your life according to the calling I've placed on your life. If life is to make a difference for somebody, if life is to mean something for somebody, you need to live according to your status. I remember on, the date was September 6th, 1997. And what you have is these two boys, Prince William and Prince Harry. They are 15 and 13 respectively. They are young, they're distraught, they have lost their mother, but yet because they are royals, duty called them to walk behind the coffin of their mother. Circumstances could not keep them away from the duty that God had placed on them. The same goes for you and I. Circumstances don't change our status. Whether it's a pandemic or not, it doesn't change our status. Whether you're sick or not, it doesn't change your status. God expects you to live based upon the status that has called you to live on. God has called you and I not to, to get inebriated and intoxicated. God has called you and I to be sober-minded. God has called you and I to watch the influences around us. And God wants you and I 
to fulfill the duty that has been placed upon us. I want to fulfill my duty as a royal. I don't want to give people beer. I want to give them a blessing when I live according to my status. I don't want to give them beer. I want to give them a blessing. Now I hope you get it. Just because you can't have it don't mean you should give it to somebody else. Today, let's not give people beer. Let's give them a blessing. Every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Heavenly Father, you've called us to a high standard. You've called us to be great. We are royals, O oh Lord, and thank you for calling us to be royals. Too bad we get so focused on this world, we allow things to intoxicate us. But Father, today we don't want to be intoxicated. We don't want to be sedated. We want to be serious and solid. Somebody here today needs to, to let it go. It could be alcohol, literally, physically speaking. They need to let it go. But for somebody else, it is something. It is someone. Something is inebriating them, is sedating them. They need to let it go. Father, I'm praying for you to have a mighty hand on their life and to strengthen them so that they can live for you and that you can be a blessing for, they can be a blessing for you, for somebody else. Thank you, O oh God, for your kindness. Thank you, O oh God, for your love. In the wonderful and awesome name of Jesus, I humbly ask and I pray. Amen. God bless you, Royal. I'm going to see you again. Take care.